answer me? Second, or will he answer Jesus first? He looks at me through Christ. Well, to praise the Lord, it's indeed a great day to be alive. Thank you for letting me come into your space. This is Ian Kukutiang coming to you wherever you are. And also, I really want to express my sincere gratitude and thanks to a number of you who've let, uh, let us know how you've been blessed with the messages. And of course, please feel free to share the messages with different ones. Let the messages go far and wide. Our purpose is just to be a blessing to people. Because we know, the word of, we know what the Word of God can do and what the Word of God has done in our lives. My wife and I, my family, I am so sure I know what He can do in the lives of others. Hallelujah. This is Life Extraordinary. Let me encourage you, go ahead and get your Bible. This is going to be our third installation in our series. Yes, prayer, a wireless connection. Our wireless connection. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, let me begin here from... Um, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, and we're talking about prayer. Prayer is, uh, you know, us making connection with God, doing business with God. Prayer is moving the hand of God that moves the world. And all of us should be connected with God through prayer. And prayer is so essential. Many people pray, but we're not just trying to talk about praying for praying's sake. We're talking about praying and getting results. This is what praying is, praying is about. Of course, I understand that uh, we know that there is uh, an aspect of prayer whereby we're fellowshipping with God. That's also part of prayer and fellowship with God and being intimate with God. But there's the aspect of affecting people's lives, affecting destinies, connecting with God, communing with the Spirit of God, shaping the future, changing the present, on and on and on. So let me begin today from Ephesians 6. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, hallelujah, to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, hallelujah. And then Paul says in verse 19 there, for me that utterance may be given unto me. See, we should be praying for ourselves, praying for different ones, but also praying for ministers as well. People don't forget to realize that ministers need prayers. Congregation members, pray for your pastor. You should pray for your pastor, pray for other ministers, and so that utterance be given to them because God has put that beautiful structure in place so that people can be blessed. You know, um, I, this happens to me many, many times when I uh, have uh, been preaching. And I remember, you know, as, as a pastor, again and again, I will, you know, go prayed up and people praying for me, and I will stand to minister. You know, while people are coming in for before the service starts, I'll be greeting people as they come into service. And then somebody will tell me, oh, Pastor Yang, I'd like to see you. I'd like to have something I want to talk to you. And I say, all right, wait after service to talk to me about it. And uh, so, of course, I will go have the service, minister and all of that. And after the service, I'll call brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Come, let's talk. That thing you want to talk to me about. And they will say to me, and I've had this happen again and again and again and again and again, many, many times over. And the same ones tell me, oh, Pastor, I don't need to talk to you anymore. I got my answer. And you think about it. They got their answer. They knew they got it from God, not from me. And that way, they knew God ministered to them. Isn't that powerful? And at the end of the day, I never knew what they were asking about. They never shared with me. I'm not saying that, you know, in every instance, that's the way it happened. But I'll say a lot of times, majority of the times, that's what would happen. In fact, I've had people tell me when I was trying to minister and say, 
Pastor Yang, while you were ministering, it was like you were living in a house. In fact, I had a couple one time after I finished uh, minister, ministering one time, and they came up to me, they made a beeline to me, this couple, and they said to me, Pastor Yang, it was like you were in our home this morning. I said, what do you mean? He said, while you were preaching, you gave an example of about a couple, about a situation a couple could be dealing with. And in fact, this created contention in our home. We almost didn't come to church this morning. And to make it so interesting, you said word for word what my wife said and also said what I said. And the interesting thing, you came out and gave us the answer. Exactly. And that's what we're going to do. Isn't that powerful? Oh, yes. Pray for your ministers. We should pray in the Holy Ghost. It wasn't me that just came up with that. Because there are many, many times when I stand up to preach, there are a number of examples of things that I say, I never plan to say them. They come to me on the spur of the moment, and I just bring that forth. I know us taking time and ministering to the Lord or praying the Holy Ghost affords us opportunities to connect with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows who is there, what they're dealing with, what is going on in people's lives. And he wants to help people. Hallelujah. Now, let me read here from uh, John 16 from verse 7. Jesus is doing the talking here. And this was at the tail end of his ministry. And look at what he says here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Isn't that powerful? Jesus, has he ever lied? Does he lie? No, he doesn't. In fact, he said, about himself, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But look at what he's saying here. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. I tell you the truth. Well, he doesn't lie. But what he's doing is that he's preparing the hearts of the people to receive what he's going to say so that they won't just think he was uh, spoofing them or pulling their legs. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. One transition says, it is best for you that I go away. For if, if I do not go away, the helper or the comforter, the paraclete, the standby would not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he'll convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Hallelujah. Then it says here, as we go for that, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? This is talking about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. See, if you live your life ignoring the Holy Ghost, you are going to be taken advantage of and you are going to suffer a great deal of loss. There are all kinds of designing people out there in the world. And we don't want to be taken advantage by such people. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Happy when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. You know, I remember times, you know, there are times many will save ourselves a great deal of, you know, heartache, a great deal of problem. If when we have things to deal with, we take it to God and speak to the Holy Ghost about it. You may be having a situation you're dealing with right now, and you're told, well, you've got option A, B, and C. And you're thinking, all right, these are the three options I have. Let me just take time and pray about this. Or let me just go ahead and choose and try to reason one of those. Uh, maybe I'll take option A or option C or something. But if you talk to the Lord about it and seek the Lord, seek the Holy Ghost, see, He's the Spirit of truth. 
He sees the truth. He, can, he knows the future better than you know your past. He sees where you're going. When you seek him, you know, he can say to you, forget option A, B, and C. Listen, there's an option coming over here for you. Wait for that option. Oh, this option over here. See, why he's the spirit of truth. And Jesus said, when we know the truth, the truth will make us free. Set us free. Hallelujah. So God us into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will show us things to come. See, this is how dedicated the Holy Spirit is to his task, his ministry, in that it's exactly what he hears that he'll speak to us, what he hears from the Father, what he hears from the Lord Jesus. He says he will, he will glorify me and he will take of mine and declare to you. You know, the reason Jesus has left us down here is so we'll bring glory to the Lord. He says he will glorify me. Isn't that powerful? It is. Hallelujah. And what does glory, you know, uh, John uh, 15 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So how does God get glory in our lives? By us producing fruit. What's producing fruit? Results. Results from prayer. Results from putting the Word of God to work and, you know, work in our lives. That's how we glorify God. And listen to what he said here. He just told here. He said, He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine. So how will he glorify God? He will take of what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take what? Of, of, of the Lord Jesus, of the Word of God, of the things of God, reveal them to us. We will act on them. We will do what He instructs us to do and we'll be fruitful and bring glory to the name of the Lord. Isn't that fantastic? He will glorify me for He will take of mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, He will take of mine and declare it to you. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, last time we read, you know, Paul, in writing to the Galatians, he says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth, again, until Christ be formed in you. So what's he saying? For them to be born spiritually, Paul said, it took spiritual travail. And this spiritual travail, we don't do apart from ourselves. We do by the help of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's not just, I, I can't put on travail or groaning on myself. No. It's the Holy Ghost that gives it. If he doesn't give it, there's nothing I can do. But we need to work with him because we are co-laborers with him. Praise the name of the Lord. He said he'll take up mine and glorify the Lord Jesus. Now, I want to bring something to our attention here. You know, Jude 20, Jude verse 20. Jude is just one book, uh, one, uh, one book of one chapter. It says, my, it says uh, Jude 20 says uh, that... Uh, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So by praying in tongues, we can build or charge ourselves up. You know, God's gift to the world is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus belongs to everyone. Everyone on the face of the earth, Muslim, Hindu, freethinker, nominal Christians, anybody. Hallelujah. When people receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're born again. They're now in the family of God. Now that they're born again, God has another gift for his children, and which is being filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus talked about rivers of water. Hallelujah. We see on the day of Pentecost, 
even leading up to the day of Pentecost, Jesus would not allow the disciples to go fulfill the Great Commission. He said for them to stay behind in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. So being filled with the Holy Ghost is endowment with power from on high. Power from on high, hallelujah. That's what it is. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 here, verse 2. 1 Corinthians says, For he who speaks in the tongue. So when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, the way we get to know that we're filled with the Holy Ghost, or a person is filled with the Holy Ghost, is that they will speak in tongues. Speak with a tongue they didn't have initially. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. No one understands him. How be it? In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Did you get that? So when I'm speaking in tongues, that's spiritual speaking, spiritual uh, uh, speaking. Hallelujah. I'm speaking by the spirit. It says in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now the word mysteries is divine secrets. Hallelujah. Divine secrets. And this is a tool we can use. You see, speaking in tongues is primarily a devotional gift which allows us to minister to God, connect with the Holy Ghost, and it's a living spring that should flow for the rest of our lives. Hallelujah. However, it is us connecting with the Holy Ghost by passing our thinking, by passing our minds, and connecting with the Holy Ghost. Those words come from our spirit. And that, like uh, the Amplifier says, if I speak in tongues, my spirit by the Holy Ghost prays. Hallelujah. So when I'm praying in tongues, see, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was speaking in tongues. So that day I received my prayer language, if I can use that, my prayer language. So the same way my mind has its own language, English, French, or whatever it is, my native tongue, or we all have our natural language. Now, the whole, this, our spirit has its own language, which is, which is tongues. Hallelujah. Now, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you have your own natural tongues. But I want to come to something here. And the Bible also tells us right here, it says here in Corinthians, as well as in Jude 20, by speaking in tongues, we charge ourselves up. We're building ourselves up, kind of like a battery. You know, there are times you feel drained spiritually and there are times you feel so strong spiritually charged up. So the Bible says when we speak to God, when we're speaking in tongues, we're not speaking to men but to God. How be no one understands us? Uh, but, you know, we're speaking mysteries or divine secrets. You know, in First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, somewhere in verse 9, 10, there about it says, um, uh, uh, it tells us there, No man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man that is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. And that spirit of God is inside us. So you see, the deep things of God uh, right then, the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is inside us. I, the Holy Spirit, can move me. You know, how do I how do I pray? So when I pray my understanding, I will have to, I can only pray about what I know about something that has already happened. Or even if it's not happened, what I know about it, which is limited. But the Holy Ghost knows, even when things have happened, knows things I don't know about what has happened. And then knows the future better than I know the past. You and I can tap into that wisdom of the Holy Ghost by praying in tongues and changing and shaping things in the future and changing things in the present. Isn't that powerful? That is so awesome. 
This is something you should never allow yourself to be robbed of. Now, as we move here, right here in verse 13, come with me here to verse 13. It says there, Even so, you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, let it be to the edification of the church that you may seek to excel. Amen. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So when I'm praying in tongues, my spirit on the inside of me is praying, communicating supernaturally with the Holy Ghost, wirelessly. Then he says, what's the conclusion then? I will pray by the Spirit. I will pray with my understanding also. So, we, it's not just, you know, praying in the Holy Ghost. At the same time, it's not just natural, natural praying. I can pray by my understanding. As a matter of fact, if I want to pray about a situation, maybe something that I pray first, what I know about the situation. And then, after I've prayed what I know, I will say to the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, help me to pray as I ought to pray in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Glory be to God. See, that's inspired praying. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I want you to pay close attention to me. You see, your future is in you right now. The rest of this year is in you right now. You can begin to... Shape it and mold it to be something that will bring glory to God. I learned something Brother Higgin, you know, shared, uh, you know, when I was in Bible school. And I learned this even before going to Bible school. And I actually did this. And I challenge you to do this. So when you start praying, after you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you start out praying using your own prayer language. That's what you're praying. You know, you start praying, you're praying your prayer language. Now, as you stay with that, you're being charged. Your spirit is being charged, being built up. And as you keep staying with that, and you keep praying and praying and praying, if you persist long enough, you will get to a place whereby the anointing will overwhelm you, come on you, and the praying in tongues will become so easy. It's like it's literally gushing out of you. That's really when the Holy Ghost has taken hold with you. That's really when we really can say you're praying in the Spirit. Another dimension. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Now, when you get to that place where you're praying by the anointing, the Holy Ghost has taken hold with you. You see, in, in Romans 8, it says, Likewise, hear the Spirit. Romans 8, I think, is it 16 or 24, somewhere in there. Likewise, the Spirit takes, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. And the word there is that it takes hold takes hold with us again. See, when you keep praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, you get to a place the Holy Ghost takes hold with you. It's kind of like if I was trying to lift a heavy, uh, you know, table or piano or whatever. When I was, when I'm carrying it by myself, I can feel the full, the full weight. But the moment somebody else hooks up with me, the weight lightens and I feel the effect of it. Same thing by the Holy Ghost. See, when we start praying, it's like, my goodness, it's taking all the effort with me to stay praying. But as I persist, I hit a gusher. And that place, the Holy Ghost takes hold with me. I'm praying by the Spirit. I'm praying by the anointing. When you, uh, when you get to that place, stay with it till you pray through, to where you're singing or rejoicing. In fact, I say, when you start singing and rejoicing, stay, with, stay there a little longer because there may be some more things the Holy Ghost wants to connect with you in and to pray in. Hallelujah.
It, this is the way, you know, you read about Paul. Paul would talk about the church in Ephesus. I cease not to pray for you. He talked about the Colossians. I cease not to pray for you. He talked about the Corinthians. I cease not to pray for you. Hallelujah. These are the ways. See, we should have this continuous, ceaseless flow of praying the Holy Ghost. And one thing I tell you, the moment you've hit that place one time, usually it wouldn't take you that long to get back there if you don't wait too long before you start praying again. Hallelujah. When I had this experience, I, I would say it probably took me praying by myself. It took me close to about three hours <laughs> to get to that place. Hallelujah. And when I got to that place, my goodness, it was like I took off. The tongues were rolling out of me. And guess what? I began to see deep down in my spirit. I had vision. You know, if I was, if you read, read the book of uh, Acts, where Peter is talking about Joel, it says, the young men shall have visions, the old men shall dream, dream uh, shall have dreams. It's all talking about showing us the future. It says, he'll take of Jesus, take of what the Lord will have us know, and reveal to us. I know something that is so beautiful. When I get to that place of praying in the Holy Ghost, where I hit the anointing, also, what seems to happen is that the things the Lord has said to me that maybe I've forgotten, I've allowed to slip away from me, I'm reminded of them. They are made more vivid. And I want to tell you, when you get to that place, make sure you get a pen after your prayer time and write those things down. So powerful, dear friend. Hallelujah. These are some very powerful tools the Lord has given us to shape the future, bring glory to God, have a glorious time, hallelujah. Tap into the compassion of the Lord, hallelujah. Effectiveness both in life and ministry and really impact lives to the glory of God. So dear friend, I'd really like to believe you received something tangible by what we shared today. I encourage you, find some time. Begin to schedule some regular times to just pray and wait on the Lord and, and pray in the Holy Ghost. You'll be amazed what the Holy Ghost will bring to your attention. Perhaps if we draw nigh to God, He will draw near to us. Oh my goodness, time has slipped away from me. It's really a great day to be alive. Dear friend, I, I implore you, put this to practice. Look for somebody. Share this message with different ones on different platforms. Love to hear from you. Even like to hear your testimonies. And if you're going to be somebody that's going to go into this path of praying, Make sure you have a prayer journal. It's amazing. It's a beautiful journey you're going to be walking into because the Lord will be bringing so many things into your life. God bless you. It's really a great opportunity for me to be able to share this with you. And I trust you will make huge profit from it. God bless you. It's indeed a great day to be alive. Love you and blessings.